0: Today I want to talk with you about how to exercise yourself spiritually so that you can get fit spiritually and stay strong spiritually so you can stand when the tempter strikes. Anybody want to admit that you've been tempted? Come on. Y'all got to raise your hands, all right? (laughs) We've been tempted. But not always do we stand strong when the tempter strikes. I want to talk about how to exercise yourself spiritually so that you can control yourself so that you have self-control when the temptation comes your way. The Bible says this, spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual fitness. Now, this scripture does not say spend your time and energy training yourself for physical fitness or even mental fitness. Now, we need to understand, and I don't want you to misunderstand me, you are not to neglect your physical and mental exercise. You are to study. You are to try to stay sharp mentally. You are to exercise because we are, the Bible tells us, the temple of the living God, and we're to be good stewards of this body that He's given us. So you are to be a good steward of your mind and body and and exercise it. But here it's telling us that you've got to get yourself spiritually fit So that you can stand strong when the temptations come. Now, how should you spend your time and energy? God says, in training yourself. For what? For spiritual fitness. To make stronger spiritual muscle. So the question is, how much time are you spending to get yourself spiritually fit? How much time are you spending in devoting yourself to just being in God's word? You know, I've learned over the past, if I don't get in God's Word in the morning, I don't get it done all day. Because we just get busy and we go, go, go. How much time are you spending in, in, after you read His Word in prayer and not only lifting your request, but saying, God, your servant is listening. God, speak to your servant. And you, you sit there and you listen and you begin to learn how God speaks to you. How much time are you spending getting spiritually fit and how much energy are you putting in to getting spiritually fit? A lot, of us, a lot of us walk, a lot of us train, a lot of us have gym memberships, and, and we, we spend a lot of energy to get physically fit. And that's good. But what are we doing when we're on our way home from work and we've got C group that night and we say, I just can't make it. How much energy are you putting forth? How hard are you pushing yourself to become spiritually fit, to stay in fellowship, to stay in God's Word, to stay in prayer with others? Are you training yourself? Are you using time and energy to to stay spiritually fit? The Bible says, all good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. Now, the purpose of of physical and mental training is to not only stay fit, but also to win medals and honors and positions and maybe power. And yet, no matter how hard you train, one day your body's going to fail, your mind is going to fumble, and your beauty's going to fade. No matter how hard you work at it, the body's going to fail, the mind's going to fumble, and the beauty's going to fade. We work so hard to be pretty, don't we? Shirley tells me I spend more time in my hair than she does on hers. (laughs) And that's true. (laughs) But we try so hard to look so good. Now, the purpose of physical training is, is, is to get fit. Mental training, to get fit. And spiritual training is to get fit. And the Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance... And so we shop, and we get our hair done, and we we do all of that stuff. We take time and energy to look good on the outside. But the Bible says God looks at the heart. That's what God is concerned with. Yet spiritual training, the Bible says here, yields a metal that never fades. Folks, the Bible teaches that we're going to get a crown of life, life eternal, that never, ever fades. And you say, Pastor, you just don't understand. I I can't do it all. I can't do this spiritual exercise. But you need to understand you're not alone. You don't have to do this alone. You've got a personal trainer. His name is God Almighty. Amen? His name is Jesus Christ the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God. And He is with you. And He's got a fitness plan for you. And the good news is His plan is free. There's no monthly fee. (laughs) And even better news is His plan always works. It works. God, your trainer, tells us that He's got a plan for staying spiritually fit. Listen, the truth is this. The people of the kingdom develop self-control, self-control by following the fitness plan of God Almighty. It's the only one that works. But there's a lot of plans out there that just don't work. And a lot of churches and a lot of Christians fall into this first plan I'm going to talk about. And they try to make this plan work, but it just doesn't work. It's not God's plan. Write this down. There is a plan, but it leads to defeat. You can follow this plan. You can work this plan. But it's going to leave you in defeat. You see, there's a lot of promises. There's a lot of promises made to say, oh, you do this, you're going to get great results. But a lot of them don't deliver. And if you follow this three-part fitness plan, you're going to end up in defeat. Sin is going to come into your life. Satan's going to strike with the temptation. And you're not going to have any self-control to say no. The first part of this plan is trying to grow by your own effort. Your own effort. You know you've messed up. You know your life needs to change. But this part of the plan doesn't work because it's only the power of God that can really change you from the inside out. We can try and try and try to change our hearts, but it's only the power of God that can make a lasting change in our life. The Bible says it this way, have you lost your senses? After starting out your Christian lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Becoming spiritually fit is not a matter of human effort. Now, we, knew, we do, just like physical exercise or anything else, we've got to take responsibility for our spiritual growth. You've got to set up times. You've got to set boundaries. But it's obedience to your trainer who lives in you, who actually brings the life change in you. It's not human effort. It's a work of God inside of you. And second, the second part of this plan is trying to grow by keeping rules. Trying to grow by your own human effort, your own, I'm going to do it. And then all, by keeping a whole list of rules. But God warns us that becoming spiritually fit by just living by a list of rules that somebody else made up doesn't work. The Pharisees in Jesus' time made up over 600 different rules that if you were going to be a God follower, you had to do these 600 things. Nobody could do it. Sometimes churches make up a list of rules. You've got to do A, B, C, and D, and then you'll be right with God. But rules don't yield spiritual fitness in people. They just help control the behavior of people. It's kind of like the speed limit rule that we have here in America. The speed limit law. The the speed sign posted on the speed sign doesn't change the heart of a speeder into a non-speeder. Amen, guys? It doesn't change a speeder's heart. (laughs) It just controls some of the behavior of the speeders sometimes. Right, men? But I know some of you women, too. I've seen you drive. Some of you women are a lot faster than us guys. All right? And so it it doesn't change your heart by by just living by a list of rules. But sometimes we do need rules. The Bible says this. Your hearts should be strengthened, listen, by God's grace, not by obeying rules. This is how it works. Your heart and soul will be made strong. You'll become more spiritually fit. Not when you obey just some rules, but when you respond to the amazing grace of God. That's what changes the heart. When you know you have messed up over and over and over again. When you've been living in a life of sin and you know it and God's convicted you, but you just keep doing it anyway and you keep messing up. And then all at once, here comes his flow of amazing grace. That's what changes the heart. Heart change, life change, real change is a response to God's flow of grace. Even though we've messed up again and again, eventually it's His grace that wins our hearts. And our hearts and our lives begin to change because we begin to finally understand that God loves us like nobody else ever has. And God loves us like nobody else ever can Rules do not change us. It's the amazing grace of God. And God's church says, amen. Oh, come on. Amen. Amen. It's his grace that we don't deserve that wins our hearts. And we fall on our knees and we say, oh, God, how could you forgive me again? And we find out that his grace is so amazing that he never gives up on us. Sometimes we give up on God, but he never gives up on us. It's his grace that wins our hearts. Trying to become fit by keeping rules doesn't work. Third part of this plan that leads to defeat is by trying to grow by feeling bad. It's just like if you feel bad enough about your sin, that then you, you become spiritually stronger. If I really, really feel bad, I'll, I'll live different and I'll become what God wants me to be. Now that may work for a short time. Maybe you can guilt yourself into a change for a short time, but it never, ever works long term because you get tired of feeling bad. And so you finally give up and say, I'm just bad, and so I'm just going to return to my old ways of living. And so it doesn't work for the long term. You don't get spiritually fit by beating yourself up about your sin, by feeling bad about yourself. You can do that if you want, but not even God, listen, not even God is beating you up for your sin. He loves you so much that he took your beating on the cross, and on the cross he paid for everything that you've done, everything that you ever will do. Amen? He took the beating for you. So there's no more beating up. The Bible says, who will condemn us? Will Christ? No. He's the one who died for us and came back to life for us. He's paid for all of our sin. God's not out to condemn you. So if God is not out to condemn you, why do you spend time condemning yourself? We do that because we think it's some kind of an exercise that will make us more spiritual. But you don't get fit by just feeling bad about your sin. So what should you do? When you find yourself falling back into some sin, you admit it. You don't try to hide it, you admit it, you confess it to God, you say, God, I accept, you, I accept your gift of grace, and then out of sheer joy over his amazing grace, over his never-ending forgiveness, over his gift of eternal life, you say, God, I'm going to follow your plan. My way's not working, so God, I'm going to follow your fitness plan. You see, God's got a far better plan There's a plan that leads to defeat. And then write this down. There's a plan that leads to victory. There is a plan that will place your life in victory. So what is God's fitness plan? Well, it's also a three-part plan. And the Bible tells us about it in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 22. Look at it in your Bible or on the screen. The Bible says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness, true holiness. In that scripture is the fitness plan of God. It's the plan that you and I need to cooperate with. You need to follow it to get fit and to stay spiritually fit. First of all, God says in that scripture, put off the old, put off the old self. That old life, that old sinful life that you lived before you invited Jesus Christ into your life, and those old sinful habits that maybe are still creeping into your life that you know don't honor Jesus, that you know don't please Jesus, he's saying, put off that old stuff. Jesus is saying it like this. He's saying, there's some old things that you got in your life. That are kind of like these old jeans. And. I want you to put this stuff off. But you're saying no. These are my old jeans. These are my comfortable jeans. I like how these jeans make me feel. And and I, I know I've made some mistakes. And I know they're kind of holy. And my life is looking not perfect. And it's kind of raggedy. And. But you know what? I'll just go to church, and I know I kind of need to clean up my act. So I'll go to church, and I'll start reading the Bible now and then, and I'm just going to kind of try to patch up my old life and, and make my old life look a little bit better. But you know what God says? He says, get rid of it. He says, put off the old. Take off those old sinful ways. Get rid of them. Lay them down. Let them go. You know, what kind of old things am I talking about that you need to get rid of? Well, the Bible's really clear in Galatians chapter 5. It says, when you follow the desires of your old sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. There will be sexual immorality. That's, that's part of the old life without Christ. There, there will be impure thoughts. That's a part of the old life. There's going to be an eagerness for lustful pleasure. There's going to be idolatry. You say, "Well, we don't have idolatry in America. We In America, we worship God. Well, we've got all kinds of idols. Anything that becomes your master, anything that you love first, love most, spend all of your time and energy doing, that's an idol. Anything that comes before God is an idol. Participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. Those are all the old ways of living that need to go. God says, put off the old. Those things are not of God. They are not to be a part of this living temple of God. The God-filled life. And where do those things come from that you need to get rid of? Well, the Bible says they come from within. Out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, eagerness for lustful pleasure, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Comes out of our heart. The desires of our natural flesh. God says, the first part of my fitness plan is to get rid of those old things. Put off the old, he says. Now, many of you have committed your lives to Christ, but there still may be an area. You might be 90% sold out for Jesus, but there might be still an area of weakness that you are allowing to creep back into your life. And every once in a while, you, you go pick up something from the old, just for a little bit. You pick it up, and you let that old come back into your life because you liked it. It was comfortable. God says, put off those old ways. Which area is it? Look at the scripture. Maybe God's spirit is already speaking to your heart that there's something up there that you need to to put off, get old, get rid of. That's a part of the old way of living. And I want to encourage you to, to identify it this morning and say, God, with your help, before I leave this place, I'm laying it down. I'm getting rid of it. I'm taking it off. God says, put off the old. And then the second part of God's fitness plan is this. He says, put on the new. Put on the new. Now, this makes all the difference if you're going to get spiritually fit and stay spiritually fit. You see, lots of people come to God and decide to put off the old. But the mistake that they make is that they never put on the new. They don't put on the new things that God has given them. They've been made new by God. They've been, as we sang this morning, washed and made white as snow. And God has given them new things to put on. And I don't know about you, but when you you go shopping, you get excited, you search and you search and and you, you like to get some new things that are brand new. And God comes to you and you, he's washed you, made you clean. And he says, now I've hung up all these new things in your closet. And I'd like for you to put these new things on. Because these new things, they look like me. And a lot of times we, we just go on throughout our life. And you know what? We keep reaching back for the old things. And God says, look here, you've got a whole new closet and new stuff. Put this on. And what happens is that a lot of people never put on the new things. The Bible says this, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone, the new has come. God's brought all of these new things and put them in your closet. He says, these things honor me. These things make you like me. Operate out of these, this new closet. You see, you've got to replace the old with the new because if you just take the old out of your life, what happens is you leave a vacuum. A vacuum. And Jesus said very clearly, worse things come into a vacuum if you leave the vacuum. You've got to put something new in, in place of that old thing in your life, or you're just going to go back to the old stuff. And Jesus says when you do that, sometimes you even become worse. You become worse. Some put new godly things in their lives and some people don't. And so that's why you see a lot of people sometimes come to Christ and they get started with the Lord, but they haven't really put off the old and all at once they're out there and they're way deep in the old life. And they've totally turned against God. It's because they didn't put anything in the vacuum. They didn't put the new things of God into their life. So if you struggle with spreading gossip, Why don't you replace that with spreading encouragement? If God has given you the gift of gab, (laughs) but you know gossip, the Bible says, does not glorify God. Why don't you use that gift of gab and spread encouragement to people? And spread the word of God to people. If you struggle with envy, why don't you replace it with giving? Instead of envying what you don't have, why don't you begin to give to God and give to other people what you do have? Replace it. Put something new in. If you struggle with impure thoughts, replace them with pure thoughts. The Bible says you've got to start thinking about those things that are pure and honorable and worthy and praiseworthy and excellent and right, and those things of good repute. So how do you really start to put on this new life? Well, the Bible says your old sinful life has died. God has washed you. But your new life is kept with Christ in God. Your new life is with Christ. So that means the closer you get to Jesus Christ, the closer you get to your new life. The closer you follow Jesus, the more you start behaving like Jesus. And then it comes the third part of the fitness plan. God says, put off the old, but then you've got to put in some new. You've got to start wearing the new things he's given you. And then last, you've got to put in the truth. You've got to put in the truth of God's word into your heart and life. Put in the truth, put in your mind God's word. The Bible says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, here it is, transform you into a new person by the changing of your way, the ways that you think. Let God change you because your mind is changed. And this is how it works. When you put in your mind God's truth, it changes the way you think. And so you begin to think like God thinks. And you begin to see things as God sees things. And so when you put His truth in, it begins to transform your life. You begin to think like God and it transforms your behavior. You become more like God. So you put off the old, you put on the new things of God, and you put in the truth. You see, really, if you could see the sin in your life as God sees it, you would see how ugly it really is. If you could see how it hurts you and how it hurts others and how it it just moves you off the road that God has planned for your life, you would see how ugly it is. It'd be a lot easier to let go of that sin if you could see it as God sees it. And that's what happens when you put His truth in your mind on a daily basis. You begin to see things in life as God sees those things. And so every morning, you've got to get up. If you don't do it in the morning, you won't do it all day probably. It's great to read God's Word any time of the day. It's great to read it at night. But if you don't do it in the morning, if you don't put in the truth, how can it help you see things as God sees things if you don't put it there in the morning? You've got to put in the truth. It's like if part of your old life is to be a liar, and you want to stop lying, you've got to see it as God sees it. He sees lying as something that destroys relationships. God says we belong to each other, but lying breaks us apart. And so the Bible says, put away all falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth because we belong to each other. So to stop lying, you've got to put a truth like that into your mind. You've got to say, God, I see it. God, I agree with that that truth that falsehood needs to be put away. Then you begin to meditate on this truth. You memorize it. You commit to live for it. And you ask God, empower me to put off lying. Strengthen me as I put this truth in my mind to be self-controlled the next time I want to lie. The Bible says if you're a thief, stop stealing. Begin using your hands for honest work and give generously to others in need. The Bible says, here it is, get rid of all old things like bitterness and rage and anger, harsh words and slander. Instead, be kind to each other, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Whatever sin you fall into the most, put a truth of God in your mind. Agree with God about the thing that needs to be put off. Meditate on that truth, commit to live it, and ask God to give you the power to do it. Before we leave here today, I'd encourage you to identify something that you need to put off. This morning, decide to put on the new things of God. Decide to start putting the truth of God in your mind. And as you do these three things, you will begin to know that God's fitness plan is working. Because you'll begin seeing the old being replaced with the new. You will see God's Spirit bringing new things into your life. The Bible says this, the Spirit produces the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and here it is, self-control. When you begin to put the truth of God in your mind, then the Spirit begins to produce some really good fruit, the things of God, the things that He wants you to wear as a Christian person. Those become in your life. Now, the question this morning isn't, are you perfect? None of us are perfect. But the question is, are you becoming so spiritually fit that when the tempter strikes, you've got self-control? Are you that spiritually fit? Are you able to say no to sin and yes to him? That's the real question. Have you been exercising spiritually so that you have self-control when temptation comes? God's plan is for you to put off the old, put on the new, and put in the truth. And listen, as you follow his plan, I want you to leave here remembering this promise. His promise is this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God will never stop working with you. Some of us, it takes longer for God to get through to us. And all of God's people said, yeah, amen. (laughs) But he will never stop working with you. He loves you. And this good work he started in you, he's going to carry it on. The question is, are you ready to follow God's fitness plan today and get spiritually fit? Are you ready to begin putting off the old, anything that's lingering from the old life and begin to put on the new things of God, those things of love, joy, peace, patience, all that, self-control? Are you ready to put in the truth day by day? Because putting in the truth makes all the difference. Follow God's plan and you'll get fit and soon you will demonstrate self-control. Would you bow with me? As I close and pray this prayer, I encourage each one of you to pray it as well. Just pray it in your heart. Father, bring to my mind right now the old things I need to get rid of. Maybe His Holy Spirit has already convicted you of something. You know what it is. And right now, He's just whispering to you, this is it. Would you now pray, Father. I ask that you empower me to put it off. And to put on the new. And to put in the truth. That I may glorify you. With this one life you've blessed me with. Father, we bow before you and. You have called your church to be holy and blameless in your sight. Lord, we bow before you. We confess that there are times, there are moments when that's not true. But right here today, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask that you empower us to put off the old. To put on all of those new things that you've given us. And to put in the truth so we can see it as it really is. And have the power to have self-control. In your name we pray. God's people said.